What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday, I give you my thoughts as to what is actually going on with the market. Of course, this is a live show. So if you're watching this on social media, be sure to leave a comment below if you have any questions about the local market or what I see. But if you're watching this on the on YouTube, on the podcast, or on the recording afterwards, of course, feel free to leave a comment in the comment section. I do answer and address every question. Let's get into this week's not a whole lot of exciting news per se. Some of the things that you guys may have already seen. Bay Area home prices just hit a record high. Will the buying spree last? I think what is interesting is there's several things that happen in this kind of market where different uh, areas continue to increase in prices. I see for my own clients, I've seen a portion of people that uh, stick through it. They kind of learn and understand what is happening. And then they eventually get a home. You have option two, which is some people decide, hey, look, maybe they expand to other areas that they didn't think of before, or they look into another type of asset like a townhome. Those are also very common approaches some people have. And then number three, which is they kind of forget why they even search to begin with, and they just stop looking altogether. Now, what's really, really interesting for this is that you cannot imagine for those that are looking or tuning in, for those that are passively watching, or they've been on and off of the search, how many people have actually found the right home and gone in contract right just before they're about to quit? Literally this month alone, probably three clients were in those positions where they were literally maybe have given up or very close to have given up. They say, you know what, I'll search for one more weekend, two more weekends, and then they find their home. Now, it doesn't mean everybody should get to that position to want to give up. But, this, but the thinking is this. It's a difficult search, right? You're com It's competitive. You're not the only bidder. You will not be the only bidder. You're not going to, don't bank on going it from a seller's market to a buyer's market anytime soon. Uh, however, you just need to have that even kill. I mean, you want to find a house that you like, but you don't want to get too caught up or fall in love with the house until it's yours and you close on it. Then by all means, be super happy, be super ecstatic. But those are the key things to have is it's a very exciting process, but you want to be um, even keel because you're, it's no guarantee you're going to get that first one, that, especially that you fall in love with. So those are some of the thoughts just to be mindful of as you go along with the journey, as you go through home searches. Don't be discouraged. Like I said, you're not the only buyer. There is a lot of available properties on the market all over the place. So you have plenty of options to choose from. Mary, thank you so much for reaching out. Do you think buying a condo in Concord is a good idea right now? We hope to live in it for a few years, do some updates, and then eventually rent it out. It all depends on your situation, right? The beauty of condos, quite frankly, in most markets is that they have been relatively flat. You're not competing against that many people. I mean, I think you'd be almost surprised if you're competing against maybe more than three at a time, unless they significantly underpriced their home. So it'll be a, it's a good option to get the key thing that people need to understand is most people need to get out of the rental column, right? You get out the rental column as fast as you can get into the homeownership side, build the equity, save money, accelerate payments if you wanted to. And then years goes down the road, you can then assess the situation then. Do you then sell the property and use those proceeds and those gains for the next house? Uh, do you just keep it like you brought up, just keep it as a rental? Because the thing about condos as well is that many times 
condos, given their price points are much less, they tend to be a, a higher from a cash flow perspective. If you actually do the math yourself, you will see it that way. So those are just some things to be mindful of as you go through the journey is, yeah, I mean, you do with what you're comfortable with from a budget perspective, your goal is to get into home ownership as soon as you can, maybe even house hack it for some time if you wanted to, as in rent out a room, have some other people subsidize your rent, you become the landlord. And then a few years later, you decide what, what you do there. I think a lot of people have this dream or this hope, and some people can do it. So it's not like they can't do it. But some people think that, oh, I need to get and I need to save for a single family house for the very first one. But that's not possible here. And for various reasons, it's a combination of price, combination of there's just not, not that many homes to begin with to buy. I mean, look at the new construction. Almost all new construction is sold out until next year already. And we're not even midway through. And so it's, it's perfectly okay to get into a property, build that equity, build that time, and especially the benefit with a condo or like a townhome these days, you're going to have very little maintenance. I mean, there's not a whole lot you're going to be doing of taking care of the home. Like I, I have a client that has a property in Los Gatos and you can imagine how much their bill is on landscaping, on watering. And if it doesn't, if you don't keep up with those things, like to fix those things, I mean, those are thousands of dollars at a time, right? So there's some pros and cons that people don't really appreciate or understand. But uh, as a, as a homeowner, you kind of get that, uh, that rude awakening very quickly. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, reach out anytime. Love to help. Next, let's talk about what else is going on. Uber co-founder Cloud Kitchen uh, Venture pushes ahead in downtown San Jose. I think we're going to see a lot of these opportunities where you're going to have a lot of kind of maybe industrial space, or maybe it could have been a restaurant in the past. You know, especially as restaurants have not done well in the recent times. Now, I take that back. Some restaurants have done better than ever. It's a, a different type of restaurant that will do better than others. But I, I would suspect there's going to be a lot more of these investments, especially if you think of a lot of the uh, business models of leveraging the system that is in place with DoorDash, Uber, uh, delivery, and things like that. So it's a very interesting business model. It's like, why do we even have a retail space? Why don't we just jump right into making lots of fast, casual, but quality food and we'll deliver that potentially in bulk. I mean, you kind of seen this uh, in the past with smaller things. Like think about those that the people that work out, like all that meal prep. We talk about meal prep for those that 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 are on a very a rigorous uh, style uh, or very rigorous um, discipline in terms of eating habits. But it's also not common for many of you. I guarantee there are many of people that you know that may actually order in bulk from uh, at-home chefs and things like that. So the, the concept is not new, uh, but now if you have options, it becomes very, very interesting. And so it can be a, it's, it's clearly a very uh, exciting space and how uh, organizations are uh, changing up some of their previous use cases. And the key about this is that a lot of this will be in prime and good locations, right? Because at the end of the day, the delivery needs to still come from a central location. So it can't be like a place in Gilroy that's all of a sudden, you know, canvassing uh, you know, places in um, Santa Clara or, or uh, Mountain View. So the location is very critical. So they want to establish a hub. And what better hub than downtown San Jose? If you just think about it from a geography perspective and also relative to how much the leases probably cost. Because downtown has not done as well as all the companies have shut down. 
The university has not been open, right? So it'll be interesting to see these new players that will be taking up these uh, these uh, these types of rent opportunities. There is always opportunities when it comes to um, there's always opportunities when it comes to any sort of decline. So don't think things just go down to nothing. Things will tend to go back up because other innovation, other types of businesses will spring up. And you already see that happening across the board, especially as things reopen. So other news, development plans for nearly 1,000 condos, apartments headed to Union City Council. So one of the things that people need to be aware of, while there is very limited properties and new constructions have at this time, there's going to be you know, a good amount over, I would say, the next five years, if not decade. This is not immediate, right? I mean, this think, think about the logistics of this. A developer or a land use developer, the different types, usually a land use person, would want to try to rezone areas. They will need to work with the city. It goes a bunch of back and forth. We may look at things for at least a couple of years of back and forth negotiations and approvals. Once that's done, then the developer may be in contract to buy that land because it is now more readily available to start building. But they're not going to build all 1,000 at a time. They do it in phases. So take a look at like Fremont. You can see about the Warm Springs BART station. Right, Take a look at there. You have a lot of new construction around it. You have uh, Innovation by Lennar. You have um, Toll Brothers, which is on the other side. And you have all sorts of space in between. And uh, uh, innovation by Lennar, that is a four-phase approach, right? So they just finished phase one, but they're all sold out. So phase two will take time to start constructing, take time to start selling. But uh, as you can see, there's a high density around public transit. So you're going to see a, a lot of these interesting plays that happen over time. Now, they may have to tear down a warehouse. They may have to, there may be something already there. Mostly is industrial space. So they can easily tear that down. They may have to clean up the soil, though. That's a different thing altogether. Start working on that foundation. So it'll be, it'll be a couple of years, but you will see a lot more of these types of units. You're going to mainly see apartments. You're going to see a lot of condos because you can think about that. That's as dense as it can get, right? And then you may see some townhomes as well. But around the stations, whether it's the BART station on the East Bay to the, even this kind of north-south bay now, and then you know, on the west side, you have around the Caltrain station, you're going to see a lot of these types of units come up over time. But make no mistake, this is going to be a while. And they're not necessarily cheap either. Take a look at Toll Brothers. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i surprised. Like People are buying penthouse uh, condos in uh, next to the BART station. I mean, I think those prices could be all the way up to like 1.7 or something like that. Um, I mean, it's it's incredible. Uh, of how much it can go for. But kudos to you. I mean, I, those communities are crazy nice. So if you live in it, please invite me. I'd love to check it out. Uh, and I'm sure it's really nice. But um, but, but paying that kind of a money for being next to a bar station is certainly very, uh, very fascinating. But if they're selling, it clearly means there's a demand for it. And what do I know? I'm just a little old realtor. So, uh, but it's interesting to see. And they continue to do that, right? Investors are buying up single-family homes across the U.S. So um, this has been going on for some time. Now, investors can mean several different things. It could be large institutions. So you have like companies like a BlackRock, like these large organizations that are buying like almost blocks at a time. They Keep in mind, they did this before when there was a meltdown uh, back in 2008 through 2012. And they actually sold a lot of the holdings 
later on in the years. But the fact that they're buying back in, I think shows you some things that are very interesting too. They show you that, hey, look, there's one, maybe limited options for where else they can invest money, but two, they're still bullish and they still think this as an opportunity to acquire properties. I mean, these are really large funds and entities. At the same time, a lot of individual buyers are doing that themselves. Think about this, right? I mean, think about the Bay Area. We have several different people buying. You have people that are buying houses um, for themselves to, a to do a trade-up. That's option one. Some are buying investment properties, many different tax reasons to do so. That's option two. And if they feel if it's too expensive or they don't want to use that much capital to buy in the Bay Area, then they may start buying elsewhere. So they want to diversify their portfolios, right? Think about most people's portfolios. A lot of money is in stock. A lot of money is on potentially RSUs with that company. A lot of money may have been in crypto, right? So they want to diversify some of their holdings. And what better way than, than it is to do it for investment properties or, or single family homes, especially they don't build very much of those. The caveat though, in those other markets, it makes it very, very difficult for the local people to buy right? Because think about if you're an investor, on one end, you are you care about returns and money. On the other end, do you really, right? Do you really care about that? And the, the reason I bring that up is how long does an investor want to search for a home? The answer is not a whole, not that long relative to a like personal home buyer, because they're more looking at it from an investment property. The longer it takes, there's an opportunity cost, there's a fatigue. There is just a mindset that they want to, they, they just don't want to participate in. And so those are very big critical things and, and critical um, factors, especially in areas that um, might be lower priced, right? And there's a reason why things tend to go up. But be cautious. When this happens, if there's a correction for whatever reason, I'm not saying there is, I'm not saying there, there may be, but if there is for whatever reason, these will be the first places they will sell first, right? Because primary, they're going to do whatever they can to stick with it. Uh, investment property, they may be first to liquidate when things don't go well. I'll, I'll kind of contradict myself one more time, though. The caveat, though, is for investment properties, they tend to need to put 25% down. So they need to decline for quite a bit for an investor to really want to walk away from such a property. So that kind of gives people an idea of what is actually happening, especially in a lot of areas, primarily Austin, Phoenix, North Carolina, these markets where people may think from the coast that they are very cheap and they're affordable. Cheap is relative to how much people how much people earn. And we can see that here through these charts. Okay, so let's take a look. This is San Mateo County. San Mateo County, 216 new listings this week. This has been the highest it has been all year round last 16 months or so. What I'm gonna be doing, I need to be doing kind of a year over year chart um, just so people can have a, a preface of, understanding like the reality is we have a lot of chances for people to buy. You can see 186 contingent pending this following week, but you can see prices have somewhat leveled out, which is a very different analysis than we, we saw previously. I did tell you last week though, that I suspect it'll be flattened just from what I see, um, if not a small increase, but that is what is happening right now. It's been relatively flat. If you look at the townhomes though, it has picked up since this, this, the uh, winter season, but it's been relatively flat throughout the year. And that's for condos and townhomes. Santa Clara County, I mean, look at this, 623 new listings, plenty of new listings, but caveat, look at this. The medium sales price now, we're getting closer to the end of May, has continued to increase. 
We solved last week's figure that I thought it would have somewhat plateaued, but this is a big increase and there's a lot more data points. So that within that one week, the last week's closing has shown how much of a how much impact it has made to the medium sales price for single family homes. I suspect this will continue to be a case. It is competitive out there, will continue to increase. Look at condos and townhomes, similar trend upwards. We're talking about at least uh, 11, 12% increase over the year. So don't ever come back to me and say townhomes and condos do not go up. Now, they may not go up as single family, but at the same time, be mindful, you are paying a whole lot less, right? I mean, think about the median price is like, let's say 900. You're getting close to about 1.7 for a single family. So you're almost paying half the amount. And so does it increase as much? No, but it still does well over time. Um, and your entry point and your competition as you get in is going to be a completely different experience than if you buy, try to buy a single family house. Alameda County, I mean, look at this. This is absolutely incredible to see. I thought it was going to slow down and, and taper down when you look at the chart last week. Because last week, think about it, it already had a, a half the month's worth of data. But when you add a couple hundred more new listings that have actually closed, it's already back to higher levels. I mean, I'm not surprised because I do make bids uh, almost every week in, in in Alameda County. And yeah, it continues to kind of keep pushing, keep pushing. Now you can see, like, look at this previous gains though from March to April. I mean, that is a $150,000 increase. That's a that's a 10% increase in one month. So incredible to see what has been going on. And um, it does not seem to be, I mean, it's, it will slow down the growth, but I don't think the growth will slow down. So that's the thoughts there. Contra Costa County, I think, Mary, I think you're going to appreciate this chart, right? I mean, look at this. this. This is Contra Costa County. So where you're looking potentially in Concord, kind of around that area. I mean, look at what has happened with single family. Incredible growth up to a million dollars past a million dollars now for the first time for a medium sales price in Contra Costa County. But look at condos and townhomes. You know, you can't argue with this data as to how much has increased, right? Condos and townhomes, now medium of close to 600,000 in Contra Costa County. This is a pretty steep increase. Now, there's various reasons for this. Combination of uh, the price point is still much lower than other areas. You can see a lot of people probably have given up of the single family search. So they decided to go for condos and townhomes instead. So it's not unusual. And as you can see, it still can do well over time. It's all relative to supply and demand. More so, the bigger factor is more relative to like how are single family homes doing? Because that's a huge benchmark. Of course, if people can get single family, many elect to do so. But if they can't, then they go with uh, you know condos and townhomes in those markets. San Francisco, I, I am personally helping a lot more clients in San Francisco than I've ever had in the past. And so if you are looking in San Francisco, looking to buy or sell, it, it's starting to be really interesting out there, right? Like we hear all the news about companies not going back and all this stuff. But explain to me why this is happening then. Tell me, defend your position when you look at this data. What is your reasoning why single family houses have done extremely well, right? I mean, let's just be objective here. Think for yourself, like, why are they doing well? People are clearly going back to wanting to be in San Francisco. This could be a lot of factors, right? It could be factors of people who just took the year to vacation all around the country. And so they didn't really need to go back. But now that a lot of their friends are back, the, the mass migration may not be as big as you may think. 
And I think that's very important for people to really understand, pull back the curtains of the clickbait headline articles, see the data for yourself, what's happening. Take a look at condos as well. I mean, condos have actually surpassed what it was last year, right? So for those that are hoping for some massive discount, like get that out of your head, quite frankly, the data speaks for itself. Now, does this mean you have a lot of options to choose from? Yes, you do. Is it massive competitiveness? No, it's not. I'm not saying you need to buy on day one uh, or you need to buy within the first week like you do for every other house in the country. But at the same time, you should understand like this is not the time or the market for people to make lowball offers or think that you'll get some massive deal. Now, at the same time, it's all relative. It is com com comparat comparatively a massive deal relative to other homes in the just in the country, right? I mean, it's all relative. So it's been flat. So you may say, no, it's not a good investment or whatever it may be. But the reality is the baseline of the rest of the market is not flat. The baseline of everywhere else has been a 10% increase at least. So arguably, you're getting things at a 10% discount when compared to your other options wherever else you go. And the fact is you have opportunities to get some really nice properties um, in San Francisco that you may not have had the chance before. So comp compound that with interest rates. There's a reason why people are getting back in. To give you an idea, I went on some tours last week. Um, last week, I went on some, some tours with a client. Hopefully, we'll find something fairly soon. We looked at some new construction homes. Um, even those are maybe like 40, 50% sold out. For those that know Mira, Mira is the uh, condo that is has kind of a spiral shape to it. Even that is like 60% sold out. And that's a luxury townhome, a uh, luxury condo. And that uh, HOA is like $1,500, $1,600, whatever, maybe a month. I mean, it's a premium amount. And then you have other areas, like there's some really premium new construction that you can see um, one Stewart Lane. I mean, those one bedroom condos, no view or limited view, starting, I think it's like 1.2. If you want a view, it starts like 1.8, $2 million for a one bedroom condo. And they're still about 20% sold out. So it's really interesting to see this. And most people that are buying are not investors. They're just regular people, local people buying it. There's no outside money. So I'll, I'll squash that myth right away. It's all local people buying. So that kind of gives you an idea like what is actually happening. The story is already shifting. So you can see here first. And if you have any friends that are looking, feel free to share this video with them. They can kind of understand that themselves. And uh, of course, I have to be introduced to be able to help them every step of the way. Well, I hope this video was helpful. Enjoy the weekend. Oh, one other thing. Open houses are actually back. So if you did not know that, they were starting back last week. And so they are officially back. So for those that want that experience, many will go, you know, one, you know, one, uh, one to four o'clock on the weekends. So you can be prepared for that. Uh, if that does not work, everything then still needs to be booked by appointment. So if you want to go see any houses or tour any houses, then let me know. We can always schedule that separately. If you don't want to kind of get in the rush because open houses have been pretty busy again. So that is back. This will be the second weekend of doing that. Hope you enjoyed this show. If you have any questions, let me know anytime. Enjoy the weekend. See you at the next one. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of this podcast. If you like this show, please be sure to leave a five-star review for wherever you have searched for it. And if you wanted to talk about your real estate goals, 
feel free to reach out at any time. You can email me at spencer at spencerhsu.com or give me a call or text 408-223-5493. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.